0: What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris and I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 159. Some interesting topics today to say the least. Uh, we have definitely have a take on the Antonio Brown situation. That is one of the crazier things I've seen in a long time. Uh, MLB continues to just prove why it is a... a it, it's it's putting the nails in its own coffin as far as just being of any relevance in this country whatsoever. Uh, and the Titans, scary as that sounds are the number one seed again and may get Derrick Henry back for the playoffs, which would be bad news for everyone in the AFC. Uh, we're going to start off with set MLB topic. Uh, you sent me this uh, link earlier today uh, that they have decided to sever ties with Ken Rosenthal, who I don't know about you, but he's one of the, I, I like him personally. Yeah. Uh, I think he's informative. He's not over the top. Uh, he's a really good insider. He's what he's what a, a I don't know, I call him like the intelligent sports fans insider. Those kind of people where it's like they're not, I mean, maybe he's, he's a little bit flashy sometimes. But he's to the point. His stuff is good. His stuff is solid. He's not throwing out wild rumors all the time. Um, They decided apparently to let him, not necessarily let him go, but let his contract expire. Uh, because of comments he'd made being critical of Rob Manfred, who look, if the standard of not being able to be employed by MLB is being critical of Rob Manfred, then I am blacklisted for sure because that guy <laughs> that guy would have to improve just to suck at his job. He is an absolute clown. Uh, so you can rescind my application if you'd like, uh, because you know you don't you don't gotta dig for that. I'll tell you right up front. Um, wow, I mean, this is so so now. You can't even be critical of ridiculous policies that everyone's knocking, uh, especially when it came to how they were handling. I think I think the majority of the criticism came from how they handled the the startup last year, uh, with all the, the COVID regulations and things like that. He was being very critical of how they were, uh, how Manfred was handling it, and and just not being forthright and just just generally dropped the ball multiple times a day. Uh, and apparently you weren't allowed to bring that up because as you and I mentioned several times, if you went on NLB's website at that time, you would see nothing, nothing about anything critical of them. It was just, nope, everything good. Nothing to see here. And they're doing the same thing now. They have the lockout. No one's saying anything. Nothing's going on. We're all supposed to still keep caring for some reason. Um, and now they're going to start letting talented insiders and, and broadcasters go because... They're a clown of a commissioner. Uh can't, you know, can't take anybody being mean and hurting his feelings. Um and don't cry for Ken Rosenthal anyways. I mean, he has multiple other jobs. He's gonna be just fine. Uh, but it's it just goes to show you the ridiculous nature of baseball. We're not going to address our actual problems. You said something mean about a commissioner, you can't work here anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, so. Uh I I don't I don't know. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure we're on the same page here, but it, it, it it's not like the guy was out committing crimes or you know, anything else that'll get you canceled in 2021. He just had an opinion that the commissioner didn't like. So that's where we are in major league baseball. That's the news. Nothing on nothing on the lockout. Nothing on the adult grown millionaires who can't get along. This guy was mean to us. You have to go away. Okay.
1: I, I, I think any sport, any state, uh, I guess you'd call it state sponsored sport network, uh, lack of a better term, uh, would do the same thing, unfortunately, if an insider, uh, analyst, reporter would have the same critical takes on the commissioner. Uh, you know, you, you know, Goodell would do the same thing if someone went on uh nfl game day and was critical of him and the same with the other two sports it, it's it's sad um that if you want to be on a network for that sport that you kind of have to cut some things out of, of what you would say or opinions you would have hot takes whatever it may be because with state sponsored and uh, i think i think this is better for ken because then he can go elsewhere maybe and and expand himself i think he's still with uh what is he with the undefeated or or he writes writes for something else like well, he writes for the
0: athletic and he also does TV, TV for fox so he's he's still fine so, but
1: right um and obviously, uh, certain networks might not want to employ him because they have a relationship with MLB. But honestly, Rosenthal will be fine. He still has connections. He Someone's going to pick him up as soon as the season starts back up. Um, and as you pointed out, I just went on MLB.com. Uh, yeah, there's really not much here. No, nothing. Uh, nothing. They do have a a link to CBA, CBA updates, and wouldn't you know it? There's a letter to the fans, the first link on that page, from your guy Rob Manford. So, if you want to feel all warm and fuzzy inside from the Commissioner of Baseball, there is a full letter for you to read. I'm sure it's it's it paints MLB in a, a great light. Oh, I'm sure and. And craps on the players, um, but I, I just, I have a problem with you having probably one of the best insiders, mm-hmm. reporters, most consistent, uh, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, uh, doesn't make it political, he just gives you the facts, reports what happens, is he always right? No. Does he get some stuff right? Does a source feed him incorrect information? Yeah. And that's with anybody. But probably one of the most consistent reporters, along with probably Ian Rappaport, they're kind of, you know, one and two. I know Schefter's up there, but I, I like I like Ian a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I, yeah. I, I,
1: I think he's the creme de la creme. He is what you want. When you go to him, you know you're going to get facts. You get information and you know there's going to be some sort of uh, truth to it because he doesn't run out and just blurt it out there. He he tries to back it up with multiple sources. So it's unfortunate to see him go from MLB.com and MLB Network, but he'll land on his feet and uh, hopefully we'll see him somewhere.
0: Yeah, he'll definitely learn on his feet. He'll be fine, like you said. He's a quality, quality insider, and all for all the reasons you mentioned. I don't need to rehash that. hundred uh, percent agree. Um, you know, and I, I don't necessarily disagree that if somebody was critical of Goodell on the NFL Network who worked there, they'd they'd probably be let go. Also, but the thing is, look, Goodell, <laughs> I, I I look for one. I have never been a huge fan of Goodell as a Patriots fan for for obvious reasons that I've mentioned before. Uh, But I have also given him credit when it was due. I think last year he handled everything with the startup and the no fans in the stands about as well as you possibly could. I mean, in those unprecedented times. Oh, (laughs) good. I haven't used that one in a while. Uh, I mean, he handled it uh, better than I would have given him credit for. If you asked me if I would have been impressed with how he would have handled it, Before it happened, I would have said, no, it's Goodell. He's going to screw it up. He didn't. I think he did okay. It wasn't perfect. Had its hiccups, but all in all, it was okay. And I'd say the same thing for this year. Uh, Yeah, they probably let somebody go too, but I think it would have been... Goodell has a little bit thicker skin, at least outwardly. Um, I mean, this is a guy who knows he's going to get booed every time he goes to the podium, every draft by every fan base. (laughs) <laughs> and he still goes up there and kind of laughs and plays along. and um. So, I mean, I, I think the thing for me is when's the last time you heard Rob Manfred address the fans in any fashion?
1: I mean, look at the MLB um, draft. It's held in Studio 42, uh, and there's just representatives of the – teams and a handful of players, just the best. And there are people you don't know unless you are into high, into high school and college baseball. Like you can't be into one. You have to be into both because there are 18 year olds that go into the draft. And even then you, there's just not enough hype there. So that is the only instance that you can really kind of reach the fans uh, in a in an atmosphere that isn't on the field of play, and he doesn't do that, and then at a when he's at a get ball game, huh, he's he's in a he's in a club seat away from everybody. It, it he is what you don't want to represent your your brand, in my opinion. Uh, the owners like him probably because. You know he's a little bit of a he could just take the take the beating in uh, social media at regular media and, and be fine about it. But you know this this guy I I I just don't I have no time for him because he honestly has no time for the players, the fans, mm-hmm. the coaches for for anybody. And I'm sure if I went through that letter, I would probably throw up by the end of it. Just to, just to be clear.
0: Yeah, I, I guarantee I would. Before I even just just hearing it, I got a little nauseous. Um, I, you know, I, I'd say the thing the thing with Manfred too is, you're right. I don't necessarily fault him for being in, in a box uh, around, you know, around all those fans when the game's going on. Because look, there's always going to be some drunk idiot who's going to try to take a swing at somebody. You know, somebody's had a problem with a fine he gave to their favorite player, and they run over to him and try to deck him. For all I can say about Manfred, I don't want to like, <laughs> I have no desire to like personally assault the man. I just, you know, want to verbally tell him what a moron he is. Um, I, I just, I'm really at a loss for words with this guy. Almost, not quite, almost. Because it, he just has this air of superiority that he just presents over everything, and yet he's done nothing. What, My point, and you made some good points there when you got into the whole you know the draft and everything. That was very definitely valid. I was trying to get to the okay. So he wrote a letter to the fans. Now we're having in the lockout. When's the last time he reached out to fans? Oh, the last time he couldn't manage his damn league, which was startup last year, which got delayed months because of COVID. Oh, I don't want to address you during the regular season. I don't want to you know talk to you like your people, like your opinion matters, like your dollars are what's funding this game. By the way, Rob, it is. I want to tell you how the big, bad players aren't going to let us keep going and how poor little Major League Baseball is doing everything we can to get the best product on the field. Manfred has some world-class minds around him in that organization, the upper echelons, people he probably deals with and talks to every day. And yet, despite that, he finds a way to shoot himself in the foot every chance he can. They started up on time this year, and what is the first thing he worries about? He spends months talking about this. Don't have the substance on your hands. We're going to implement checks. Nothing to speed the game up. Let's slow it down a little bit. That's what we need. That's what they did. He is completely out of touch. He has no idea what the fans want. And if the if, if the owners do not get this guy out within the next couple of years, he will be the last commissioner while this sport has any relevance or value in this country so
1: and i think i have to push back a little bit chris on the people around him because these are the same people and we, we've we've identified a few of them we know they brought in king griffey jr when you we know they brought in theo epstein uh, and i'm sure they have, have other great baseball minds uh my pushback is How do we know they're any different than his mindset?
0: Oh, that's Uh, a fair fair point. That's a fair point. I
1: I know we like Theo because he brought a a World Series champion to the Red Sox. And I have an affinity for Ken Griffith Jr. as a baseball player. I thought he was electric. I thought he was one of the best players ever. And the sweetest swing. And just somebody that never did anything wrong and did everything right on the field and, and brought joy to the game. But I don't know who he's like outside of the baseball game. I don't know what kind of, of clubhouse teammate he was. Is he part of this, you know, baseball elitist mindset? I don't know. Uh, I'm not saying he is. And I'm not saying he isn't. I, I just, I just got to push back and say he could have surrounded himself with baseball elitists who will tell him to his face, this game is great. Uh, We just got to keep forcing it down these fans throats because this is, this is what we think it should be. And they're just going to like it. And that's the end of it without having any, any thought in the mind of we should try to change the game each and every year. i talked about this before. Every other sport is trying to, better their game or try to bring some newness to it each and every year trying to refine it and baseball just doesn't do it the biggest move they've made in the past half century is the insertion of the dh that's about it everything else that is you know a a big move it's doesn't move the needle for anybody i'm sorry
0: yeah, well, if you know that is a valid point and you know you are correct, I don't actually know that they're not all the same mindset. Uh so, I mean time will tell, but if they are and I'm off base, that's even worse for baseball. So, time will tell. Um <laughs> I I don't know how I, there's no transition here. Uh, there isn't. A- a- Antonio Brown, so unless you've been living under a, a very poorly placed rock You've at least seen part of or heard about at least uh his antics from this past Sunday. Uh literally the headline I put here on the rundown, is Antonio Brown dot 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 WTF. Because I've never seen anything like that. And there's every excuse in the book. Of course, you have your people who are gonna coddle him and whatever. Um <laughs> just rundown real quick. So I'm watching uh I'm watching uh Red Zone on I think it's the Dur- Direct TV. I'm not watching one with Scott Hansen. I'm watching one with Ceciliano, who is far more tolerable. Um, and all he says is, okay, interesting, interesting developments here in the Meadowlands. <laughs> it shows Antonio Brown taking off his like his like under armor or whatever brand it is, under shirt, and throwing it into the stands and just walking. And he goes, Apparently, Antonio Brown has left the field. That's all they knew at that point. As it turns out, apparently, he claimed he was told to go return to the game in the third quarter by the Buccaneers coaching staff and refused. Uh so they told him, Leave, get out of here, go. You're not gonna be on the field, You're not gonna play, get out, go. So he decided uh to take off his pads and jersey and undershirt and throw everything into the stands. Well, uh, undershirt and gloves into the stands and then run through the end zone waving and celebrating and jumping up and down. Uh, by the way, this is a guy who was too injured to return to the game because his ankle hurt. Jumping up and down and running uh, and ran in a tunnel. Apparently found his own ride home from New York to Tampa. Uh, Bruce Arian said after the game, he's no longer a buck. He will be released as soon as waivers are as soon as you're allowed to place him. Uh, as uh, On waivers, release him, whatever the process is at this point in the season. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm surprised it took this long. I didn't see this coming. This is brand new. He found a whole new unique way to be a total asshole. Um, I know I've heard a lot. A couple of people say, we've even talked about it, that Vontes Perfect hit in the playoffs a few years ago. Uh, people are kind of Remembering this guy with rose-colored glasses, like there's a reason he went to the school he went to with his talent. He would have been in an Alabama or an Auburn or a Florida or a Georgia or a big school if he didn't have a bad attitude. Uh, he's always been about himself, and he always will be. And he wanted to come back and play football and make money, so he was on his best behavior last year. I believe it was a total ploy. It was a total sham. He was just trying to get back to the point where he could prove he was at an elite level. And then once he did, or I thought he did at least, he turned back into the AB we all know and tolerate and watch and laugh at. Give him an inch, he takes a mile. The Bucs said when he came in, one problem and he's gone. He had a fake vaccination card thing about a month, month and a half ago. That came up. He was eventually suspended for three games. They still brought him back. And now the guy who's too injured to play is bouncing around on the field. After being cleared by every single doctor who looked at him to play, 200 to play, but not 200 Mm -hmm. to run off the field, jumping and celebrating uh, when he abandoned his team on Sunday. So, um, (laughs) I don't even know where to go with this. It's not at this point, like making fun of this guy for being a fool is is just like being surprised water is wet. It, it's not really I mean I, I it's there's nothing I can say that other other rational people aren't already thinking yeah. so I think I'm just gonna hand it off to you because I, this guy he's just a clown and he's an act and it's it's old and it's tired and he's passed concussion protocols. This was twenty years ago I can understand people saying it was the perfect hit. It wasn't just a perfect hit. It's a nice thing to be like, oh, Vonta's perfect, knocked a soul out of him. That's why he's cleared protocols a hundred times since then. He's just an asshole.
1: So, I've heard a lot, Chris, obviously. We know what I listen to a lot. Um, There's a lot of people trying to sympathize with him about mental health. And then there's the flip side of people saying, are we... uh, Allowing the mental health card to be played uh, every single time with Antonio Brown because of that hit. And I, I kind of look at this and say, well, the Steelers gave him multiple opportunities before they ejected him. The Raiders gave him multiple opportunities before they ejected him. The Bucks even publicly stated, as you said, you get one one screw up, and you're out. And then you know, Bruce changed his mind. Why did Bruce change his mind? Well, because one, he needed to appease <laughs> Tom Brady.
0: Say so Bruce changed his mind because the co- the real coach changed changed his mind. Yes.
1: yeah. Tom Brady. That's one and two. Uh, they were they're having right, wide receiver depth issues, and they tied a lot of their offense into Antonio Brown, which is mistake number one. Um. So they gave him multiple opportunities, and what is what does Antonio always do? He always there's always an issue, and then when you when you allow that issue to be okay, there's always something to go over the top with. Yep. And, and Chris, you noticed a team I didn't mention, right? That he was with as well.
0: Oh, so, you mean the team everyone criticized? And by the way, Belichick was right.
1: Gave he, was, he was
0: right to let this guy go right away.
1: One chance. He played one game. And then when that, when that text message came out and he found out that, that, that this was going down with the, I think it was the, the fitness trainer at that time. He said, Nope, you're done. I don't care. You're done. He didn't care what Tom said. He didn't care what anyone else says. Like, you no, no. Nope. You're done. Cause if I let you have this, it's going to be worse. And, stuff happened afterwards that made it worse because we know what's going to happen. It's something small and it's always worse. And the sad thing is, is about Antonio Brown. It's, it's not that he gets found out by some official of the team, official of NFL. It's people he didn't pay for a service they provided for him that come out and say this crap that come out and dime him out because he can't pay his bills. And and this is a guy who, who's made a lot of money in his career. So I have one. So since we're not, going cause we're not going to go over everything with Antonio Brown. It's, no, we've already done it. Everything yet. is there. Everything's been recorded, whether it's here, uh, any other podcast, any other radio station, network, television, whatever it is, you can hear it all. I have, I have, a I have a question for you, Chris. Sure. I'm going to bring out the blame pie. Okay. Okay. I know. <laughs> I want to see. I want. I want to see where you lie on on this blame pie with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And 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 you have four people to divide the blame pie into. You have Tom Brady. You have Bruce Arians. You have the GM. And you have Antonio Brown. Who gets the biggest piece?
0: I believe in personal responsibility. So I believe the biggest piece belongs to Antonio Brown. Okay. For just being how he is. I mean, uh, prodigiously talented. No one ever takes that away from him. But at some point, if your ass can't stay on the field because you're too inconsistent and you're too erratic, um, that's all on you. Uh, I'm not... I honestly, I, quite honestly, next, I would say Brady. Yeah, because you know when he went down there. Look, Bruce Arians is a good coach. Bruce Arians made it to a Super Bowl with Arizona. Uh, or at least they were highly competitive. I don't know if they made it. He was the coach and made that Super Bowl against the Seahawks. No, it wasn't Seahawks. It was Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, both NFC. Okay. It wouldn't be Seahawks. It was, yeah, it was Pittsburgh. Um, but you know, he was. The coach and they were very good, uh, but they had a lot of talent on that team, and he's not the kind of coach that gets the best out of everyone. I'm not trying to rip on the guy. I'm really not because I, I like Bruce Arians, although the way he holds his mic bag is bothersome for some reason. Um, but you know, let's be honest. When they brought Tom Brady in you know there was some wink-wink, nudge-nudge deals that were like, yeah, you know, I'm going to have some say in the signings and what goes on here. And the GM <laughs> and and Bruce Arians were like, okay. Like, we're not bringing this team any further. Like, you know, Bruce Arians went there after he left Arizona, retired for a year, and then came back to, to Tampa and all of a sudden could coach again and, you know, had – talent, good defense, obviously guys like, you know, uh Chris Godwin and, and, and Mike Evans, who were, you know, world class receivers. Um but inconsistency of their positions. And and Brady came in and they wanted to get Brady there. You know, get get Brady in a Bucks uniform. Yep. No matter what. And then it came time to pay up on some of those uh some of those things. That whole thing where they said that he gets one shot and that's it. That was not the Bucs telling the media that. They didn't give a damn. That was the Bucs putting it out there so Tom Brady knew it was out there. Hey, we signed your boy, the guy you've gone to bat for for some reason. And he still is, by the way. he still is. Anything happens, he's out of here. Something happened with the whole fake Vax card. and We've already discussed that. We're not getting to that again. Well, at least I'm not. Uh, and they brought him back. He's still a buck. Congrats. You know, come on back. And he comes back and has a good game. And he pulls this crap. And Brady still defended him. And you're not going to convince me that the full reason Tom Brady left New England was because he was pissed off. He had a Pro Bowl receiver and Brown come in. And then they cut him. And look, I've never known Tom Brady to be. Uh, somebody who has, like, domestic issues and things off the field like Brown has. But this is showing a lot of poor judgment on Don Brady's part to continuously go to bat for this guy who has done nothing but mess up and made really bad mistakes uh, and make you look like a fool as much as you can make a seven-time Super Bowl champion look like a fool. I, I just I- – I say It's him. And then I say it's the GM, and then Arians is the smallest piece of the pie because, let's face it, the minute Tom Brady signed that contract, Bruce Arians was no longer the coach to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, and he won't be until either he retires or or, or Brady goes somewhere else, or however Brown signs next year. We'll see. <laughs> I say that in jest, but you never know. Yeah, as I'd, say, I'd say it's Brown first, personal yeah. responsibility. Brady for putting his faith in – way wrong person probably left a 20 year legacy in new england because he was pissed off they didn't keep his friend which is stupid yeah uh and then it's gm and then the former coach bruce arians or i should say tom brady's assistant coach bruce <laughs> arians um yeah so yeah i would that concur would
1: with i would concur with that uh just on the simple fact that tom brady made this made this decision that's all i have to say and this, as as crazy as it sounds, uh, if they can't get to some of these receivers, these backup receivers, sped up, uh, and they don't get Godwin back, they could be in real real trouble. Because uh, the Packers are playing like they're they are a legit contender.
0: What do you mean this year going forward?
1: Uh, you have the the Cardinals who are serious serious this year. I'm just talking about this year.
0: Well, Godwin ain't coming back. I went tore his ACL. Huh? Godwin tore an ACL. He didn't come back.
1: Okay. Well, then, then 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 they're they're probably in, in bad shape then because yeah. they're because Gronk we know we know Gronk's history. He he has injury problems. It can flare up. And outside of that, Mike. I mean, I like Mike Evans, but. You know his success really escalated when he had Chris Godwin or a second another number a number two to his number one. And because they gave so many reps to Antonio Brown, you know some of these other guys, Tyler Johnson, um, that kid that caught the touchdown uh, at the end of the game uh, on Sunday, you know he could have been he could have been getting some reps too. Uh, Scotty Miller could be getting could get mm-hmm. some reps. Like you're you're taking away these reps from these guys for Antonio Brown, which I get the 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 talent, but you rested your hopes. Like that was the great thing about last year was you didn't tie your offense too much into Antonio Brown. He was an extra piece. Mm-hmm. Now your offense is tied into Gronk, Antonio Brown, and then Chris Godwin's and Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette are are nice pieces to make it an elite and now you don't have godwin you don't have fournette and you don't have antonio brown now you're down to chris evans and, and gronk and i'm sorry that's not enough in the in the nfl this year it's just not pat no packers packers look like they're gonna they could be the elite in the afc or nfc i'm sorry
0: no you're 100 right and and the thing is you know, with <laughs> you know, what what version of Tom Brady are they going to get now? Because let's be one hundred percent real, Tom Brady can take mediocre receivers and make them look like superstars. He has the ability that all any great quarterback has. You know, you got a guy like Peyton Manning. He turns a. a, a a schmuck into a decent receiver. Not a schmuck. You're not a schmuck you play in the NFL. You're an NFL caliber receiver. You're never a schmuck. But um, a low-level caliber receiver. And makes him look good. Makes a good one look real good. Makes a real good one look great. Makes a great one look legendary. He just has that ability to bump everyone up around him. Up a couple notches. Until he doesn't. Until he's boo-boo face. Until he's upset. Until he's disenchanted, which are words you use with the Patriots towards the end. Um, We all remember seeing a couple years ago, last year in New England, the same guy who tore it up in Tampa with all pro receivers out there throwing at Nikhil Harry's feet, blaming Nikhil Harry. Now, as it turns out, Nikhil Harry ended up not being all that good. At least so far, but we're four years into this experiment. Three years in and it's still not working, so wash my hands of that one. But You still had Jacoby Myers. You still had other guys who were talented, other guys who were there, other guys who were trying to emerge and and, and do things and make a name for themselves. And Brady was just disinterested because they cut his friend and he wasn't getting everything he wanted. Let's see how it goes in Tampa now. Let's see how it goes in Tampa now. They cut his friend, he's not getting everything he wanted. He's not going to have Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, other talented tight ends. Like I said, Tyler Johnson looks like he could be really good. Is there any timetable for Leonard Fournette's return? Now he doesn't have these guys, or at least worked into the game plan. Now he has to figure it in. Is he going to have the will to go to a Tyler Johnson and a Scotty Miller and say, "Hey, let's do some extra reps because we got to get we got to get coordinated," because you know playouts are coming, and if we're going to go into Green Bay for the NFC Championship game, which it's a as much of a possibility as any. Of the, uh, of the two teams that are there, that it could be Tampa and Green Bay again. We're going to have to be on the same page. Or is he going to go, when they cut my friend, it's their fault. If they didn't cut Antonio Brown, we'd win. That's what he did in the end in New England. Yep. I'm as big a Tom Brady fan and supporter as you're going to find. But you tell him by his body language that last season, season and a half in New England, he was not checked out mentally. And you're not looking at the same thing I am. So... Good luck, Tampa. Because now you have, now you have pouty face, boo boo face, Tom Brady, and that does not help your team one bit. I don't care how many rings you have.
1: And and, and Chris, to, to finish this off, if you're Tampa Bay and you have you're the number three seed, right? Are you in danger of of going down at all? Or, or, or can you improve your seed by winning? And the answer is, uh, as far as I've done uh, quick research, the answer is no. They they can't improve, and they can't move down because they have a better record than the Cowboys and they uh, beat the Cowboys. So, yeah. Even if they even if they tie for the record, they they, they supersede the Cowboys. They lost to the Rams. And the Packers have a 9-2 conference record. The Bucks currently have a 7-4. There's no way. So, right now, Tampa Bay sits at the number three seed. And we know Tom Brady could use a break. He is not a spring chicken. Do you sit Tom Brady week 18?
0: I sit every single person of substance on that team. Evans doesn't see the field. Like I said, I have Chris, no, I have no idea. I know Chris Godwin isn't, anyways. He tore his ACL. Like I said, yeah. um, Brady doesn't, Gronk doesn't, uh, whatever Leonard Fournette's situation is, if he's even inkling of coming back, nope, none of these guys, none of these guys work too hard. If they break a sweat in warmups, they're working too hard. Sit them down.
1: Chris, just to <laughs> clean that up for you, the Bucks are optimi- very optimistic that Fournette will be ready for return. Uh, in advance of their first playoff game
0: that's good because he's going to be the key to that offense he could very well be the difference between them going out in the, in the first round and making a deep playoff run the way he's played he's been out of the out of his mind so they need him as bad as they need anybody on that team so yeah nobody nobody vital to that game plan at all Chris, you know, i'm not s- even playing steps I'm not on even the field. playing.
1: i'm not even playing levy bell And I understand he hasn't played much and he doesn't know the offense all that. Well, he is an emergency uh, break glass. If, if Leonard Fournette can't uh, suit up, if he can get up to speed, maybe he can show you something in the playoffs. Maybe he can have one last burst in the tank and I'm not playing him. I'm I'm putting out whatever I can. And, and unfortunately right now you got to play a tight end and, Gronk is probably the only one I'm sitting because unfortunately Cam and Brayton, OJ Howard are going to have to uh, suit it up and have either Kyle Trask or Blaine Gabbert thrown to him as sad as that is in that defense. I'm putting anybody and everybody I can uh, out there that isn't pivotal to the, to the, uh, the, 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 advancement of the team and their secondary they need to be very careful about who who they're playing how much they're playing because they've had issues all season long. they tried to fix it with Richard Sherman and you see the end result there. yeah uh, I, I just I'm very careful about this week 18 game against the Panthers and because you're gonna be you're gonna be in the first you're no, no 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 doubt you're gonna be in the first round wild card game. And I'm gonna say three seed, what's it? Seven teams, right? Yes. Seven teams. So we're looking at on yeah, I think it's the the Niners. And three
0: would play six, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So the Niners. And and if we look at Jimmy Garoppolo as opposed to Trey Lance, like you could have, I'm not I understand they're an actual football team. You could have essentially a bye in the first round if you're facing Trey Lance. I'm sorry. He's just not ready. And that could be another, you know, where you play Tom and and gang for a half, and then you can milk it, and then hopefully the cards fall in your favor. Otherwise, it could just be a one and done for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year.
0: Well, the Niners are, are, are one of those many teams that fall into the the mystery category because there's times you get both Samuel and George Kittle and you could have, uh, you know, a third-string quarterback throwing to them and, and they're going up to have over 300 yards because those guys are so electric and the running game gets going and the defense plays. And there's other times that team just looks absolutely flat. So they're as much of an anomaly as quite a few teams are in this league this year. Um, but... I mean, it's going to be interesting, but yeah, without any without any possibility to uh, improve or the position or fall back. If I'm Tampa, I don't I don't start anybody anybody that, quite frankly, anybody you couldn't afford to lose. Just to put it bluntly, because yeah. you can't you can't take another big hit and have any hopes to repeat. Uh, I had these as two separate two separate. uh, things on the uh rundown, but we can kind of discuss them together, just the AFC and the NFC and uh situations. Um, Actually, the next three, to tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. uh Yeah, I know not the last one, but um Titans. Look, when they lost Eric Henry, and, and I said that it was going to be in Ryan Tannehill's hands, uh I had no faith that the Titans could remain number one seed, and they ended up losing it, went to the Patriots, went to the Chiefs. And now it's back in the Titans' hands with one week left going against one of the worst teams in the league in Houston. And if they win that, they win the one seed, get a bye week, and could have Derrick Henry back for the first playoff game. How monstrous is that? Because you know they're not letting Henry come back unless he's 100% healthy. They're not taking a chance with this guy. And this team's already been doing pretty good. A.J. Brown has... Been hit or miss, but he's as talented as anybody. Uh, and now to have a healthy Derrick Henry, who I know he's been injured, but he's also going to be rested. I mean, this is this is one of the biggest potential uh, add-ons before the playoffs I can remember in, in a recent memory, maybe ever, honestly, because you know, health, a healthy, healthy Derrick Henry can run this team right to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, and if you look at it, the, the, really the only team – there's two teams I would put in their way, like series contenders, and that's the Chiefs and the Bengals. And we do have to allow some leeway for the Bengals because they're an up-and-comer, mm-hmm. so we don't know what they're going to be like in the playoffs. Whereas the Chiefs the Chiefs are legit. We know they're uh, proven, a proven track record. So I think the Chiefs could absolutely look at Derrick Henry and say, yeah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna nullify you by running up the score, which is what they did last year. They ran up the score and basically took Derek Henry out of the game. Not from what essentially what they did, but the Titans uh, coaches have just said, yeah, we're not gonna run the ball anymore. We have to pass, 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 pass. We're gonna go right out of our playbook and go into the Chiefs playbook, which if we try that, we're gonna lose. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to dismiss the Patriots. I'm not trying to dismiss the Bills uh, or the Colts or the Chargers if they make it. I'm just giving us the fa- – I'm giving the facts here. There's one high-flying team that's legit that could just offensively put Derrick Henry out of the game, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs because they've done it before. So, outside of that, I mean, he comes in, he could absolutely take over the game. And they don't have the Baltimore Ravens to worry about. And they're, um, they're, (coughs) excuse me, they're running game. So could Derrick Henry just run right through it? Absolutely. Uh, Would I like to see it? Yes. I would like to see it uh, just because I want to see what kind of curveball that throws. sorry i want to see what kind of curveball that throws the league that a a workhorse running back drafted in the first round what does that do to draft? because what what is what is this league known for copycats they all try to do it the the new greatest thing because the mahomes effect a lot of play a lot of teams try to get that mobile quarterback that throws off platform that tries to do as much as he possibly can out of the pocket and nobody's be able to duplicate it because Patrick Mahomes is a unique talent. And I just want to see what happens if a, a star running back that runs the runs this team to the Super Bowl what that would do to um, the draft and free agency in a whole.
0: Now, just just to, to not, you know, misrepresent it, there's a chance that he might not be able to come back. Right. Now, he they said he was practicing, and they were hoping to make a designation on his return by middle to the later portion of the week. Does not mean he would be back this week. Probably what happened is since they're already in the playoffs, and they have to play, you know, a, a Houston team that has definitely seen better days, although they have gotten up for a couple of games this year and looked decent at times. Davis Mills, might be a little something there. I mean, I know people chuckle when I say that, but it's worth looking into instead of just going back to the bargain basement for another quarterback. Um, Maybe try to actually develop some talent, and you might, a few years down the road, have a respectable team. Uh, But, you know, so if the Titans lose, I mean, yeah, they don't, look, they lose the bye, and they lost to the Texans, and I get that, but they still would end up playing a team that's probably beatable for them uh, in the first round, and if they get past that, and Henry's not available in that first playoff game, he'll probably more than likely be available in that second playoff game, and then we're off to the races let's not forget the fact that this team's still been able to run the ball rather effectively, even without him. So this is still a dangerous team regardless. With Derrick Henry, they're downright deadly. Uh, but we do have to wait and see if he will be able to return. Once he's designated, I believe he has three weeks to actually be activated. So I'm not sure if it's different in the postseason, but that's what it is in the regular season, so we shall see. But that is something to keep an eye on because a Roland Titans team with A.J. Brown doing his thing and Derrick Henry is not one I think any team wants to see across the field from them. Uh, speaking of... Chris, I
1: just wanted to add one last thing to that. Oh, and second,
0: I'm trying to move yeah. on. Um,
1: it'll be intriguing to see which team comes out to play more. The Texans or the Broncos because the the Chiefs had the Broncos. Titans, as you said, have the Texans. The Titans need to lose, and the Chiefs need to win for the, to the Chiefs to jump up. Because obviously, the Titans beat the Chiefs. Um, that's an interesting perspective because, as we know, there's one one bye week for for the one number one seed, and that's it. If if the Titans have to play that first that wild card weekend, that's a different story because. Like you said, they might have them for the first playoff game, thinking they might have to buy. Now you're talking about possibly, you know, depending on how things roll out, you're talking about the Patriots, the Colts, the Chargers, the Raiders, or the Steelers. One of those teams being that seven seed, and now, now you got to go in. Now you got to come home and 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 play one of those teams especially the Chargers. I think the Chargers, I don't think the Patriots will drop. Um, I don't think they'll lose the, the the Dolphins. I don't think they'll drop down. But even if it's the Colts and that the Colts, I think, would be the biggest scare because that's in-division rivalry. Yep. They have Jonathan Taylor. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Jonathan Taylor will be there. Um, I would just be interested to see what happens this weekend and Will Will Derrick Henry be able to make an impact uh, on a Titans run? Because if they don't have that number one seed, they could that 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 whole theory that we laid out over the past few minutes could be nil nilified because they're out one and done in the wild card.
0: Sure. And uh, real quick, I don't think the Pats lose it to Dolphins either, but I think that game is going to go a long way to showing who they really are, because they looked shaky in the beginning of the season, shaky to good. Uh, they played some good teams really hard and didn't, didn't come out on top. You know, they almost beat Tampa. They had Dallas, but, you know, they just, they just couldn't lock it up. Uh, then they went on a winning streak, went on a bye week, lost two in a row. Uh, still showed some good signs. I'm, I've been nothing but impressed with Mac Jones this year. I don't care what anybody wants to say, blowing things out of proportion. That kid's looked good all year. Made some rookie mistakes, but all in all, couldn't be happier with how he's been doing. Um. So, I think having a get-right game against Jacksonville, well, they just absolutely destroyed them. And I know, oh, it's the Jaguars. Well, those same people are going to say how great the Bills are, and uh, you know, Bills scored six against the Jacksonville Jaguars, didn't score a touchdown. Against the Urban Meyer. It's the Urban Meyer Jaguars. Jaguars. So let's just keep this in perspective. Um, So Patriots put up 50, looked awesome. Could have probably put up 60 to 70 if they wanted to because the Jaguars were just that bad. This is Dolphins' team that did lose last weekend but has been playing very well the last several months. I think they won like seven in a row before that. So if they can go in to Miami and beat them and look really solid in all phases of the game. This is a Patriots team that I have a lot of faith in going into the postseason against anybody. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? Look, I'm going to root for them no matter what. They're my team. Odds are stacked against them based on the youth and how many new parts there are on this team still. But anything's possible. You have the right opponent on the right day. You never know. Um, And moving on to other teams. So the Colts can lock it up. They're, they're, they're winning. They're in. And we're going to get to yep. the NFC in a minute, but the AFC is definitely more interesting uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Colts win and they're in. Do you know what happens if the Colts lose to Jacksonville?
1: Um, I think you're going to tell me.
0: Well, of course I want to tell you, <laughs> Um, but I was going to see if you knew first. Now, uh, if they win, obviously they're in. If they lose, They're still in as long as the Chargers and Raiders game on Sunday night has a winner. If the Chargers and Raiders tie, they are both in and the Colts are out. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, uh, I don't think there'll be any kind of collusion or problem there. I think you have both teams are still going to try to win, being the Chargers and Raiders, because they win their end, so they really don't care what the other one does. But it's just an interesting kind of thing, like, wouldn't that be something else? On to the NFC, uh, which number one seed has been clocked up this past weekend by the Green Bay Packers. Um, they have looked as consistently good as anybody all year long. The only times they've really slipped up is when Rodgers missed the game. Uh, and you know earlier in the season they were shaking some cobwebs out, but they have looked nothing short of fantastic all year. And this might be the year they don't choke in the NFC championship game. Um, the question isn't, are they going to be competitive? Because I think Green Bay is in the NFC championship game. It's just question I have is, who of the teams in the NFC, when they're playing the top of their game, which they're going to need to be, has the best chance to go into Lambeau in January, where it's probably going to be single digits and that's on a warm day. Probably going to be snow or frost and beat the Packers. To be honest, Chris,
1: none of them. The that that factor about playing in the cold is real. It, oh, it absolutely. Just is real. And I'm looking at all the teams. Where do the Rams play? Where do the Bucks play? Where do the Cowboys and the Cardinals and the Niners all play; they all play on the West Coast in sunny, warm weather, or in the South in a dome. It's just they—they they don't have. I don't think the sad part. The sad part is Chris, the team that has like the offensive set to really give competition to the the Packers uh, to play in that cold is the Philadelphia Eagles because they I was run the just ball.
0: looking at them. I was just looking at them because they've run it and they're a cold weather team too. That, that's the only team I, but here's the thing, Chris, Um.
1: they would have to, they, first off, they, they have to win. Uh. They have to win their, their first round game against the Rams, which is going to be in LA. And then if it, if it is the Eagles, they're, they're going to play them in the second round then uh, the Packers first game because they're the, the, currently they're, they're, they're seeded the lowest, but that could change depending on what happen, happens with the Niners uh, and the Saints. I, that's the team that I look at. that can go into Lambeau at any point and beat them just because they run the ball. And it's all about Jalen hurts being efficient with the ball and not turning it over whether it's through the air or on the ground and if that happens i mean then all bets are off because anybody could win if, if the packers get unseated in their first game by the eagles uh but i don't see anybody else going into lambo tom doesn't have the weapon he's not going to have the weapons that he needs to win this game uh, uh, the rams Stafford outside of playing at LA for a year he's been a dome team and look,
0: and he's never won a big game and, let's be real
1: and he's been I, I don't have his record against the Packers I'm sure it's not great
0: his record against any winning team like good quality consistent winning team is not good
1: so, so. <laughs> it, it, and the Cowboys let, let's let's be let's be serious the Cowboys I've been inconsistent all season long. And uh, I'm not ready to – I was ready last year to dub the Cardinals one of the best teams in the league. I'm not there anymore. I I need to see something. Uh, Yeah. I I need to see more. I need to see uh, consistency. I need to see a consistent running game because Kyler Murray running around all over the place in the cold – we don't know from experience but you've heard enough players it hurts a lot more when you get hit when it's cold and i just i don't believe that he'd be able to hold up in lambeau field in the cold uh no matter if they have heating fans on the sidelines i don't care that the ground is warm heated it's gonna be cold it's lambeau field in january late january it's just gonna be cold so to be honest, Chris, and, and I know there's going to be a couple of fans out there that are going to enjoy this. The Eagles are probably the best built right now to beat the, the Packers in Lambeau Field.
0: I picked the Cardinals to be my NFC representative before the season started. And I know they've struggled. I'm still sticking with that pick. Um, Look, I, I, everything you said is completely valid. But of the teams on this list, and that was the nature of the question, of the teams on this list, I still think with a mobile quarterback, and by the way, by the time they get to Green Bay, if this is the case, DeAndre Hopkins could very well be catching balls again. Supposedly, as of last report, he was potentially, potentially uh, going to be able to come back for a postseason run. We'll see. Much like with Derrick Henry, that's a huge game changer. Don't okay. discount that. That guy is top five receiver in the game, easy. So, what do you need to be able to do to slow down the Packers? You have to pressure Rodgers. That's, that's, you have to. Because you're not going to just get him to sit back there with all the time in the world and make bad throws. Look, I'm not a fan of him off the field. On the field, I, I can't not the guy. He, he's an incredible player. He's going to pick you apart. Cardinals have the talent on defense to pressure him and make him uncomfortable to the point where he's either going to make some off-balance throws or he's going to have to just take take some sacks and not throw the ball up. Um, so I personally uh, believe the Cardinals. I very much agree with you about the Eagles. The only thing is... The Eagles are going to have to go to a couple of other places first. That are going to be the Eagles beat the Rams in LA, probably not. Uh, possibly, but probably not. They beat the Bucks in Tampa. Eh, if Leonard Fournette's back, definitely not because the Bucks can run the ball too at that point. Um, But they also have won four in a row when everybody thought they were dead in the water and they've looked great the last month or so. So you never know. Uh, But of these teams, I still pick the Cardinals to have the best chance. Uh, And let's not act, you know, like Green Bay with everything on their side at home in Lambeau in January, losing an NFC championship game is like this insane thing. They did it years ago against Seattle choked away a huge lead. They did it last year to Tampa Bay, didn't even look competitive in that game. So you're talking several times in the last decade, they've had this exact scenario and not gotten to the big dance. So Green Bay choking, which they have not done yet all year, wouldn't it be something if they just looked different in the playoffs? Is not out of the question when a postseason no. hits. So. No, no, it's not. Uh, and that, well, we already kind of discussed this. My next question was which version of each playoff team will actually show up. Uh, we've discussed that several different forms throughout the show. Uh, so, I mean, it, <laughs> as we've been saying from the beginning of the year, this is the single most, as a friend of mine says on the other podcast, this is the single most any given Sunday season I can remember in memory. Just. Craziness! Every week, there's something that goes or makes you go, "What the hell is happening here?" This team beat that team. That team beat th- you know. This team's supposed to be great, and they beat these two great teams, and then they're losing to this schmuck team. It's been a crazy year. So, yeah. <laughs> as crazy as it is, when, you know, wouldn't it be something if we're sitting here in, in at the beginning of February and we're like, "Yeah," so this. This uh this the Saints Charger Super Bowl, huh? Um yeah, so I had on here uh take a look at the top ten picks uh as of now to see who got value, but that's before the old Rob Manford thing. So I think we're gonna save that one. Maybe we'll save that one for next week.
1: Oh, I mean well, it's it's there's a clear winner though. In the top ten? Yeah, it's the top ten. There's only one choice.
0: Well, no, I'm not talking who got who the only good one is. I'm talking about like no, who, no, no, did, no. who got good spot for their, their pick. And I think it's only one choice. All right, let me just take a look here because I'm missing something. Cause... Okay, so let's do it then. We're here. We're already talking about it. All so right. All right. So we got, we got Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Yep. Jerry's still out. He has not looked good, but we'll see. I mean, uh Zach Wilson, same. Well, you know, we'll see. Uh trade same with the top three, all three quarterbacks, honestly. We've seen more of Lawrence and less of Wilson, but more than Lance. So we'll see there. Uh Kyle Pitts has looked very good for the Falcons. A yeah. nice pick. Certainly can't complain. Thousand yard season. Um, and that's without Calvin Ridley as kind of the security blanket too for most of the year to take some of the heat off him. So he looks he future looks super bright for him. Obviously, Jamar Chase looks like a potential rookie of the year. He looks phenomenal. Um, that kid has just been out of his mind. Uh, Jalen Waddles looked great for Miami. I don't think there's really any complaints there. He's not Chase, but we knew he wouldn't be. Uh, Penny Sewell for the Lions. Who knows how good or bad he is because it's the Lions. Uh, JC Horn, Patrick Sertain. Um, yeah, I mean, and on two teams that aren't really all that competitive, honestly. Yeah, uh, and then Devonta Smith, the Eagles, has been solid. I think so, J.C.
1: Horn is actually out. Um, I think he went uh, early in the year. He went out with the injury on IR. Okay. I think, but I think the clear winner, like the clear, it that first off, receiver slash tight end position one in the top 10 because pretty much all of them have contributed oh yeah yep at minimum yep to benefit the team and jamar chase has just turned into an absolute uh monster so i think if if we're calling a winner top 10 it's jamar chase and i could one could argue you look at all 32 in the uh in the first round he is a clearly clearly defined number one with Najee behind him pretty close and, and still an opportunity in week 18 to kind of make his case. But, you know, there, there, there's some great picks. And then there's a lot of people that have produced absolutely nothing, but they're rookies. But I would say Jamar chase right now has identified himself as the, the cream of the crop of that top 10 picks.
0: Cannot argue there, and I think it's he and Mac Jones for the rookie of the year. Yep. And I, I know we did our, we're gonna, we're gonna redo them next week. Our, our, our picks for, let me see here. It's in the same spreadsheet as Banker Tank. Bring that up. Opens up. We're gonna make our picks uh, next week as well. Uh, for MVP, offensive, defensive player of the year, offensive, defensive rookie of the year, coach of the year, and comeback player of the year. Uh, we've done this we did it uh preseason. We did it again in week eight. And we're gonna do it again next week uh with the entire season and the books. Uh and I have to say, <laughs> um, I originally started with Trevor Lawrence as rookie of the year. You went with Mac Jones, week eight, you stuck with Mac Jones. Week eight, I changed mine to Jamar Chase. And you want to talk about a coin flip right now. What do you value? Um, (laughs) tell you what, both teams who drafted those guys, Patriots and the, and, and and the Bengals, uh, should be very, very happy with their picks. So interesting to see, uh, yours did not change a whole lot. I'll be curious to see if that changes next week. Uh, some of mine did, uh, I have, yeah, from (laughs) actually I only had one. That's stuck. And I think I'm actually gonna get it this year. Uh, but that's the same guy I've been picking for that that spot for about three seasons now. So we're not gonna spoil it. We're gonna get to the end of that next week. Uh we're gonna real quick run down banker tank. Well, for anything else, first of all.
1: Uh no. No. All
0: right. So banker tank through week seventeen. I am fifty five and forty seven. Ben forty one and forty five. He has four games back, so it is still possible that he can catch me. Uh, and number one fan of the show, and my mom Tammy, is 42 and 48. Um, we did not, well, Ben may have. I did not do Banker Tank selections yet at this point for this week simply because we're going into week 18, which still sounds weird to say. But uh, I wanted to give myself a few extra days to see who would and would not be playing if any of those things were determined before I picked a player that would not be on the field. So uh, Ben and I will. I have those selections out on uh, the Facebook page. Uh, I'd say what sometime sometime around late. I'd say late Friday because there're gonna be Saturday games, so give people a chance to look at those and let them know that they're they're uh, yeah. <laughs> everything's on the up and up. Yeah. So I had, I had a fun idea for uh, a, um, a playoff pick'em kind of thing this year. Um, I don't know if this is something like we've done before or not. But instead of picking, we can, well, we can do two, first of all. We'll start with just our bracket, like March Madness style. Then I want to do another one where we pick week by week. Kind of like multiplier style. Where, say, Patriots play the Colts. The Colts and and wild card round which I know isn't going to happen because they're both wild wildcard teams, but just bear with me. Patriots play the Colts wildcard round. Patriots win. Following week, they play the Chiefs. So you're going to get a point for the Patriots. But you can get another, you can get, you know, pick, pick the Colts, or uh, excuse me, pick the Chiefs if you want to, but mm-hmm. you only get one point. If You pick the Patriots again and they win, you get two points. If you pick them again in the AFC Championship game and they win, then you get four points. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like you kind of get, you know, do you stay with your loyalty? Do you stick with your original idea, your team you picked, or do you change things up and take less points because, well, I think this team's going to have a much better chance of winning. So it's going to lead to some interesting uh, picks. Okay. And we'll also put something out on the Facebook page also. People want to play along and participate. Uh, we'll, I, I will add everybody who... Uh, replies to it in the appropriate place into a spreadsheet. Uh, and we will give you the results after each week right here on the show. So I think that is going to wrap it up for episode 159. If you have any questions any, for Ben or I, anything you've read on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related at all, we'd love to hear from you. Where can you get in touch with us?
1: Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website bctspod.com and Instagram chris talk sports.
0: And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, and then ask a friend to do the same. We'd really appreciate that. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we we'll see you right back here next Wednesday.
1: Thank you.